pull up a chair and join us at the Energy Roundtable. Welcome to Energy Roundtable, another episode without Lisa, and uh, jury's still out on whether it's better or worse without her, uh, but we'll give it another try. Um, my uh, my companion again this week on the Energy Roundtable is our Director of Engineering, Mr. Bill Davidson. Bill, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good to see you. Good to have you as well. Um, I know you have a lot on your plate, but yeah. appreciate you carving out some time to uh, talk about the news yeah. of the day. And I will start, um, I will go from more serious to less serious in my articles. Uh, so my first uh, article is from a little news organization called Al Jazeera. Uh, they're the ones that picked it up. I think it actually came through Bloomberg. But uh, regardless, the, the, the headline is EU proposes ban on Russian coal imports after atrocities. So, um, and, and I think the key player here is Germany. So Germany had, uh, prior to this, had uh, blocked any embargo of Russian energy, presumably you know, because they are so, uh, you know, tied into uh, everything that comes out of uh, Russia. And but now they are uh, in discussions with the EU about actually banning uh, Russian coal. And really, the, the pretense here is that, you know, the Russians have committed, um, you know, war crimes in, in Ukraine. And, you know, this is causing uh, things to really ratchet up. And, and really, I think what it's saying is that, you um, you know, the European Union is saying, well, we're willing to suffer the consequences of higher costs. Uh, and the article goes on to talk about that in, in the hopes that this will deter Mr. Putin and, and you know, convince him to change his ways. And um, I think the, the action, if it comes to pass, is like a four billion euro a year uh, loss for Russia. Uh, there is a wind down provision that will allow, you know, these um, those who do burn it to, to come off of it. Um, and uh, there's another point here about, you know, how this is driving up the price of coal uh, to over $200 a ton. Um, you know, so really that's an 8% increase. Um, and it's interesting, we, we talk to folks who are connected all over the world and this has a cascading effect. I mean, South Africa is seeing the price of coal go up as a result of Europe's desire to be um, independent of Russian fuels, which means they're sucking harder on the rest of the uh, world's coal reserves. And, uh, and, and you know, that's how markets work. You know, demand goes up and, and unfortunately uh, price goes up if supply doesn't keep pace. Anyways, moral of the story is this article um, really points to the importance of energy independence. Uh, and more importantly, it, import, it points to the importance of, you know, we got to get this conflict resolved, uh, mostly for the people of Ukraine as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's, so. a, that, that's a good one. Um, I, I wonder if this will be also an impetus for them moving more away from coal in general. I, yeah, you, ha you have to hope that this is, you know, that, that, that moving away from coal and natural gas is not just a temporary thing until we get... You know, a, a resolution in Ukraine, but it's a yeah. uh, a, a long term. You know, we're not going to be dependent on such a you know uh, another another country, but also you know somebody who's a bad actor. Um, but yeah, energy independence will become increasingly important for sure. Yeah. Right on. And your first article. So my first article, I think, is a fun one. Uh, I decided to pick something that was a little out there. Cool. In, this in this case, it would literally be out there because it's an article on a UK proposal to build solar power plant in space. 
Oh, now we're talking. Cool. So, so it's from phys.org, um, and it is called a solar power station in space, question mark. How, how it would work and the benefits it could bring. So I like this one. I've been looking at this for quite a while, so just, you know, because it's, it's fun. It's space age. Um, idea's been around for quite a bit, but it's kind of one of those, uh, I feel like it's one of those sort of bathroom thoughts. It's like a conclusion that you kind of, you can't help but arrive at when, you, when you're taking a, a look at energy sourcing. Because you think about like much of our energy um, is derived ultimately from the sun, of course, you know, fossil fuels, hydropower, wind, obviously solar. Um, the only, the only non-sun derived ones that I know of are nuclear, geothermal, and uh, tidal. So it would, uh, it makes, you know, it makes sense hypothetically to use solar power uh, as the most direct route, cut out the middleman. But of course, Earth-based solar requires that the uh, the sun travel through our atmosphere, which is which is a problem. So wouldn't wow. it be great if we could capture solar power outside the atmosphere and then transport it down to the surface? It sounds pretty exciting, but obviously there's there's challenges. So um, there is another advantage here too, in that you can hypothetically it can be 24 hours a day sunlight compared to um, anything on the Earth's surface. So what does so what's the proposal look like? It's uh, it's a massive space station. I mean massive that orbits around the Earth, covered in solar panels, as you might expect. Um, so it would be 1.7 kilometers in diameter and weigh about 2,000 tons. Wow. It's huge. It's huge. So the uh, this power would be transmitted via radio waves down to the ground. But here, here's another another uh, maybe limiting factor here. You need a ground-based receiver, and this receiver would be around 6.7 by 13 kilometers. So, <laughs> wow. Yes. So, so this probably makes more sense if it's offshore. Um, and obviously, this this satellite going back to the the satellite itself, it would have to be flown up in pieces. Uh, and um, the assembly of it is proposed to be done by robots in orbit. Again, sounds a little crazy, but apparently we, it's alleged that we have this technology, so, so very good. Um, and the, the, uh, for this size of satellite, it would be expected to deliver two uh, gigawatts of power. And for comparison, the UK's capacity right now is around 76 gigawatts. Okay. So main challenges. A big one is wireless transmission. I mean, that's that's the way it's got to be done. We're not going to we're not going to put cables up there. It's not that efficient right now, so that is a bit of a roadblock. Because um, remember, the whole point was to avoid the atmosphere. The atmosphere is still in the way, technically. Um, right. And you could say that there's not weather to affect the panels, but that's that's Earth weather, right? The truth is, um, when you don't have the protection of the uh, the atmosphere, you got extra, you got solar and extra solar radiation coming in, and and everything will degrade faster than it is um, on the Earth. And of course, you probably know that space debris is an increasingly problem, bigger problem every year. Okay, so the projects happening right now, there's this one, there's a US one called the US Space Solar Power Project, it's in development, and the US Naval Research Lab has actually done some testing uh, in orbit. Mm. Already, yep. And China has a station in progress. I don't know that. I don't think they've done any testing, but they're supposed to be up and running in 2035. And this UK one, again, no testing has been done, but they're expecting to be up and running by 2040. So, so the whole point of this is to get to 2050 net zero goals, net zero GHG goals. Um, and I just want to say, you know, is is this going to help us get there? I'm skeptical. Uh, but. There, there's also a lot of room for improvement with respect to, you know, leaps in technology that hypothetically could drive costs down and those efficiencies up. So, hey, you never know. 
anyway, I thought it was fun. That's a great one. I mean, as a as you know, and as our listeners likely know, I'm a avid Star Wars uh, aficionado, and what has always fascinated me about Star Wars is you know how much of of the world is 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 you know interstellar and in, in space and how much happens kind of in orbit right and so doing more and more in orbit is just you know so fascinating to me um what's it would you know offhand like what how far away from the earth's surface would something like this uh, i did i didn't in- see in their proposal i was thinking about that which orbit is there because there's all these ones there's the geocentric and there's the geosynchronous there's all there's all there's all these different ones that they go farther out for um, communication satellite and farther in it for uh, things like where the space shuttle is going, where the stations are. But where where in those, which orbit is it in? I'm not sure. To, to be are honest. we talking like five kilometers? Are we talking 50 kilometers? Oh, it's going to be uh, more like the latter. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking we we move we move DC current a long ways on Earth here. Like you know, why are we farting around with microwaves? Can't we just you know get a, get you know two watt cable and and you well, know. Just Oh, so this is this is another great subject. I don't think we have time for it, but get, it gets into the idea of the space elevator, right? Mm-hmm. So getting getting a taut cable into orbit is not, it's theoretically not impossible, but we don't have the materials for it because the um, the best proposals we've heard as of late, and I might be out of date on this, but are carbon nanotubes, right? So so, but the problem is kinkage. So. So, so as long as these things are are taut, they're really, really strong. You get a kink in them, and they become worthless. I and see. it's the only thing that's even theoretically that exists that we know of that could um, undergo the, the type of strain that we're talking about here. So it's kind of a it's it's kind of a non-starter at the moment. But uh, I, hey, I love I love it if we can find that material, it, it'd be great. Wow, interesting. Uh, solar power in space makes sense. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get there. Um, you know what's not? You know what's not in space? Eagles. Eagles are not in space. Um, but my next article is about eagles. Uh, it is a. Now this is you know for our certain listeners, this is an ABC News article, so it's mainstream media. So uh, you know, take it as you will. Um, but I believe it to be true. The, the article, the headline is: Wind Energy Company kills 150 eagles in the U.S. Pleads guilty. So. Uh, for our international listeners, our Canadian listeners, um, the eagle is kind of a big deal in America. Uh, it's the symbol of, you know, of, of their country. It shows up on a lot of their uh, coinage and, 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 and dollar bills and things like that. And uh, a wind energy company was sentenced to, to probation. I uh, didn't know you could do that to a company uh, in order to pay more than $8 million in fines and restitution uh, and so the you can read it in the article. The it's a subsidiary of Nextera. Uh, they had to plead guilty to three counts of violating the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Um, and uh, you know, for those of you who are John Dutton fans, this is not Montana, but it did happen in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, and it's a criminal charge. Uh, I thought you know, criminally charged in America if you harm uh, eagles. And so. Um, there were eight states involved, um, and essentially, um, you know, what, what's happening is they're flying into the blades of the wind turbines and they're, they're killing these, uh, these eagles. And, um, which, you know, the article goes on to say it's somewhat ironic because Joe Biden is pushing for more renewables. Um, and yet they're killing the, the, uh, the, the signature bird of, of America. 
Um, you know, and they are a bird that already is threatened, right? I think they're trying to rebuild their their population. Um, but uh, I don't know if it goes on to say that. Um, I, I think really there are there are certain things you can do with the technology and warding off, you know, birds, and it doesn't talk about that in the right. article. Um, but you know, it, it's an interesting, yeah, it's more interesting article than really anything technical. But you know, we always hear about bats and um, yep. And, and things like that, but to hear about eagles and bald eagles and golden eagles in particular, um, yeah, feel feel badly for the eagles. Uh, also feel badly for the wind turbine developers. You know, it's one of those things. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I probably shouldn't say more for fear I get in trouble. <laughs> yes, you might get canceled over that. But but the uh, um, I. It's an interesting one because I've never heard about any specific bird. In, in this case, eagles is, is obviously important because of symbology. So that is interesting. But it, it's it is when you look at the perspective. Like I don't want to, to minimize it at all. But I don't know if 150 is that that many to be honest. And and I don't know what time period that was either. Did you say that? But um, uh, it's over but, a year. Like it's okay. Um, but you know, it's it's funny when you put it in perspective. Like when and I, I always I love it when they do these comparisons and they talk about the uh, the biggest killer of birds in the world which is um house cats and they talk about and 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 that is i'm not anti-cat i'm just saying you got to put these things in perspective right and they kill billions it's with a b birds every year so whenever i hear yeah whenever i hear about wind turbines killing hundreds or thousands i always think okay but i mean that i don't like i don't like that but at the same time and we put it in perspective it's not that big a number and as you say Presumably, we're working on deterrence and ways to uh, scare these animals away, or at least make sure that we're not in migratory paths and 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 doing what we can. Well, and who you know, I guess I guess what we're saying is that no, I won't say that, but um, you know, the the eagles are the you know where who's who's advocating for the underrepresented birds that are also dying, right? Like you know, who's advocating for their voice? Presumably, it's not just killing eagles. There yeah. presumably are you know falcons and seagulls. Well, nobody yeah. needs advocate for seagulls you know nobody's advocating for those birds but what you're saying is that it's not you don't have to worry about the wind turbine developers it's people have to watch more sylvester and tweety Uh, yes i don't want this to be taken out of context because i'm I'm not i'm not saying we we need to we're not i'm not saying anything about the morality of having a house cat or or anything like that so (laughs) but but we just have to it's all about perspective and numbers and uh it it is it is something we should we should be thinking about is what does it mean in the grand scheme of things to lose 150 birds 150 rare majestic birds is a tragedy of course and and they are they are truly majestic. I've seen them in the wild. They are unbelievable, um, beautiful creatures. So they're huge too. Um, they're, they're massive. Yes. Um, so, anyways, um, uh, now I want now I have an urge to watch Saturday evening uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, you know, as was my tradition growing up. Anyways, your final article. My final article. I thought we should do this one just because you know it's the business we're in. Uh, it's from the Globe and Mail. And the title is Suncor to Ditch Solar and Wind Assets Focus on Hydrogen and Renewable Fuels. The headline kind of says it all on this one. Um, You know, Suncor started in 2002 partnering with Enbridge on a renewable project. They did eight wind power projects since then. Um, They've stated that this change in their mind will make it easier for them to achieve their net zero 2050 GHG goal um, because the way they the way they look at it, it's 
it's better to shift to technologies that are adjacent to their core business. And uh, and what so what does this mean? What does the change to? So whether they're talking about transferring that money into low low emission boilers, carbon mm-hmm. capture tech, cool. uh, hi- hydrogen, and renewable fuels. And they wow. spent on the fuel on the fuel side. They, um, they talked about aviation fuel, but they also said talked about uh, MSW um, municipal solid waste to oh. cellulosic ethanol, which is biofuel. Yes. Um, and they're also sticking with gas-fired power production with cogen. Cool, we've heard of that. Yeah, nice. Yes, yes, yes okay. we have. And uh, they've also they also mentioned in the article that they're they're looking at re- renewable power purchase agreements uh, to reduce the carbon footprint. But I, but a lot of people are doing that. But anyway, they just they just mentioned that. So there's already been articles after that with a with a bunch of backlash, and it um, you know it, it does probably look like from a PR perspective a little bit bad with the IPCC report coming out because the report specifically said you know we need to be shifting to wind wind and solar uh, as their way out of this. Um, but I, I'm also wondering that I, I didn't see any numbers, but I, I can't imagine this is a huge uh, transfer of funds to them. Like, I, I, I don't know that dollars wise, these projects make up a huge part of their por- portfolio, but I'm not sure. No, no, certainly not in the grand scheme of their energy assets. But no. if they wind farms, that's not a small dollar either. We're, we're, sure. you know, yeah. we're probably eight, nine digits, I would guess. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, that's uh, I love that, you know, the term you, you talked about adjacent to their main business. Like it's, you know, when they did wind and solar, it's like, well, and when anybody, you know, who's not in wind and solar as a prime business does it, it's like, well, you got money lying around. You're going to just pay for penance. But now it's like, OK, we're, we're transitioning our business from we know how to handle molecules here. Let's figure out how to handle molecules here. I, I really from a strategy perspective, uh, that's exciting for me. So very, yeah. very cool. Uh, is that a, like is that like you, they're accepting offers now or is there a timeline on that transition or um i i didn't it, well they, they said it was it was uh immediate it's effective immediately because they're they're uh, they're actually in the, they have a, a contract that's ongoing right now that they're really getting rid of their stake in it right now so okay wow very good cool awesome well uh always uh, never boring in our space in the news uh, and notes as the world changes daily and um uh, we will conclude our time together with our face-off. Uh, if you have not already wagered, um, call your bookie, make a bet. Um, <laughs> that window is closing soon. Um, and uh, to facilitate, to referee, to do what he does best, uh, our man behind the glass, Mr. Mark Charbonneau. Mark, welcome. Hi, guys. Hello. I'm hoping – oh, you see my mannequin back there? Is it no, I there? don't. No, we don't. Oh. We see this. We see the uh, the solar panel orbiting your Earth in the shape of the CEMs. <laughs> is that what that is? Oh, yeah. Catch that. Um, I've got. Uh, actually, I was going to mention I could listen to you guys talk about birds for the next ten minutes if we want to do that instead. That was pretty pretty entertaining, actually. Um, but uh, our topic is. Um, I guess we could do pros and cons of birds, but let's uh, we'll stick with legalized gambling, which was the original topic. Right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a gambler, either legally or illegally. Um, so the, you guys have I'm completely neutral on this topic. So usually, you know, I try to stay neutral as much as possible. Uh, but this one, I legit, I just, I, I'm not a gambler. So interesting. Um, so who won last? Uh, Bill won last. So I'll let you call it Bill. Heads or tails? Heads, please. Heads. It is tails. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so. Legalized gambling, pros and cons. So I, I will um, I will go last this time, and I will choose 
pro legalized gambling. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, so Mark, we 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 did talk about being um, time conscious. So I'm I'm gonna set a timer for myself. Just so you okay. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and sorry, Matt, you said pro, right? You you are con. I'm uh, con. Okay. So I'm against legalized gambling. Right on. Okay. I'm gonna. I got. I have some points here. I'm gonna try and get through them in a couple minutes here. So. Is it possible for gambling to be enjoyed in a responsible way? Of course it is. Um, is the fact that something can be okay for some people a reason to legalize it? Well, obviously not. So let's look at the negatives. Uh, gambling is a source of a legit public health situation, both physical and mental. We have studies going back decades to support this. It's an activity that's fraught with addiction, ruined lives, ruined families. Let's look at sports betting. It has all those negative uh, points I just mentioned, but additionally it has this component where betting has disrupted and sullied the reputation of the sport itself. We know of the historical cases, but how many do we not even know of? Casinos, they bring this promise of tourist dollars to the establishment as well as to the local economy. But how does that actually work out? Does your local casino uh, achieve that goal or is it primary just, primarily just redistributing that money from the poor to the rich in that locality? And that leads to my, what my major point is here. Um, it, doesn't this just come down to a question of freedoms and personal responsibilities? I would say no, because there's this extra, extremely important element to this. The practice itself is simply predatory. It's a tax on the lack of math skills. I'm, I'm sure you've met people in your life that are convinced they have a surefire way to beat the system uh, at a particular game that clearly has a negative long run expected value. It's also a tax on people with real psychological illness. In Ontario, where we are, and I'm sure this is the same everywhere. Uh, the numbers clearly show that this disproportionately affects the poorest and the least advantaged part of our society. I think we'd all agree that we're okay with restricting personal freedoms when those freedoms include taking advantage of others unfairly. For instance, we, we allow speech that dis we disagree with, but we don't allow fraud. And to me, this is clearly analog uh, analogous in this situation. And we're also okay in our society to restrict freedoms for the protection of the public health. So. In the wake of the massive body count of, of ruined physical and mental health, bankruptcies, imploded families, we have this ethical question of whether or not we should be protecting the public from a practice that is knowingly based on deception and it takes advantage of our most vulnerable people. I'm all for making money, but how about we go about making it in a more ethical fashion? Thank you very much. Okay, right at the buzzer too. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to draw the judge's attention to uh, a little bit of um, exaggeration with the use of the term body count. I think that's a little bit far. <laughs> I haven't. I've been to the casino once or twice in my recent years, and I have not seen any bodies strewn in along the highway. <laughs> Everybody likes hyperbole, Matt. Come on. Well, perhaps <laughs> mainstream media, but uh, not an not an energy roundtable. I'm trying to get every edge I can. So uh, okay. I'll overrule it. I'll overrule it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I think, you know, Bill has made some good points as it relates to, you know, the, the evils and the perils of gambling. Um, certainly, like other vices, uh, it can lead folks down a, a dark road. Um, but I, I, the, the debate was not pro or cons of gambling. It was uh, legalized gambling. There's a minor adjective in there. And um, I come at this from the premise that, uh, it is going to happen regardless. Um, and so, you know, if it's going to happen, um, I would like the government to generate tax revenue from things like that 
uh, as opposed to uh, my hard-earned uh, income. Um, I think it's better to generate a tax that way. Uh, and then that tax, you know, if handled appropriately, can then go to, um, ideally, if managed properly, can go back into, you know, regulation and, you know, providing safeguards around it. I think if you don't legalize it, then uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in a um, in a manner and with people leading it who are not well equipped, who have ulterior motives, who uh, will be taking advantage of people. Whereas I, th- I think you know the government is not perfect, uh, nor is it a white knight. But I think you know the, the the beauties of our you know democratic society that we live in will protect against you know abuse and can put in some regulations to help out people, uh, to help govern it. Um, you know, and help provide supports that are needed. And so I think like tobacco, like marijuana, like alcohol, I think we've, you know, tried experiments of, of you know, banning it and not, you know, legalizing it. And I think, you know, we've had some bumps in the road in terms of legalized uh, cannabis, I think. But I think over time, we figured out how to handle it. And man, yes, yeah, so there's still a, there will always be your, you know, judges poker game to quote rounders. Uh, but I, I think if we legalize it, we're going to get more streamlined. We're going to get it. And, and I, you know, I think the jury's out. I, I, we have some local uh, casinos here. And I do think there is a stimulant to the local economy. Certainly there are people that are getting richer, but I think it is a stimulant to the local economy. So I think it's going to, my main kind of tenant is it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen no matter what. And so, you know, the government, you know, should get their piece of it, of such a, a vice, if it's going to happen regardless. And I will go on to say that, Mark, you say you're not a gambler yet. Yet you took a job with CEM. So some might say that was a gamble. It's a gamble that paid <laughs> off. Paid off, in my opinion, hopefully for you and certainly for us. Uh, That's but- true. <laughs> that is true. Um, that would, and I guess that would be considered a legal uh, gamble in a way too, right? So. That's right. Uh, of which the um, get their their pound of flesh. Exactly, exactly. I want that you guys want to pay me to the table, then we can just omit the taxes, and I'll just say. <laughs> if the CRA is listening, I will not under- entertain that under any circumstances. Of course, I'll I'll, I'll omit that as well. Um, yeah, I okay. This is a close one because I'm like I said, I'm fairly neutral, fairly neutral. But I I'm gonna have to agree with Matt on this one. Um, job, controlling man. controlling it and taxing it and dumping it back into our economy is probably better than you know the underground taking it and who knows what they're gonna do with it. So, um, yeah, yeah, close one though. Good, great topic. Uh, not There's, at all related to anything we talk about a lot. So, uh, great, <laughs> great topic. Love the debate. Uh, thank you both for another good energy roundtable. Always fun. Um, I uh, we will uh, we will meet again next week, uh, and who knows what we'll debate. Who knows what we'll talk about. But we'll be together. Until then, to our listeners, um, you know, stay safe. And look forward to, I'm about to launch next week, Mark, I'll follow up with you, my takeover of Energy Radio to uh, to talk about some exciting new uh, technology advances in the energy world, and I will keep people in suspense. So if you know me, you Excellent. might be able to guess what the topic is. But until then, to our listeners, to, our, uh, to Mark and to, to Bill, thank you very much. And to Lisa, all the best as you continue to take care of uh, your newborn. So thanks, everybody.